Well, good morning. Great to see everybody today. It's just great to be alive. You ever wake up sometimes and it's just great to be alive? I guess that's every day, huh? <laughs> well, so glad to be here with you guys today, and we'll continue our study here on the book of Philippians, and we're coming out of the third chapter, verses 1 through 7. Philippians, third chapter, verses 1 through 7. And when you find that, uh, out of reverence and to the reading of God's holy word, would you stand please? Philippians, the third chapter, verses 1 through 7. And I'm going to add verse 8 today. Uh, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the, things, the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh, though I also might have confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so circumcise the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ. I'm going to keep reading. And be found in him, and having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Thank you, and you may be seated. I'm sure you didn't mind me reading a few more extra verses. But as we get into our message today, let us just bow our heads for a moment. Dear Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you once again for this day. Lord, we thank you for, for life. We just thank you for our sight. We thank you for hearing, for the faculties of our mind. Lord, we just thank you for your grace. And now, Lord, just uh, give us a sense of rejoicing. Right now, as we go into this message, Holy Spirit, just guide me. Uh, through this message, give me what it is that God the Father 
wants me to say on this day. And we ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. As we look at our, our message here and just going back there to uh, there in verse 3. Last part of verse 3. Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. So our message today is simply rejoice and have confidence in Jesus. Have confidence in Jesus. We ask ourselves the question today, what do we really have confidence in? What do you have confidence in? Keeping in mind that confidence means to have reliance, trust, obedience. What are you really relying on in your life? What are you really trusting in? What are you really obedient to? Do we have a lot of misplaced confidence in, in family, in friends, heritage? Our confidence, it's important. This is what Paul was trying to get across to the church at Philippi, is to have confidence in Jesus. A lot of us have self-confidence. Too much self-confidence isn't good. Self will take over. And we'll see that's what Paul is pointing out in, in these scriptures, verses 1 through 7. The flesh rising up of the Jewish leaders, himself, him being the Hebrew of Hebrews, the Pharisee. Self can be a dangerous thing. Self-confidence can be a dangerous thing if we just let it loose. Rejoice, though, and have confidence in Jesus. As we look here at these opening scriptures, he says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. And to rejoice is to have that confident assurance in Jesus. To have that, that joy. To be glad about it that you are a child of the king. To rejoice, have joy. Joy goes deeper. It runs deeper than happiness. Our happiness a lot of times depends on our happenings in life. What's going on in the moment. Then that determines whether we're happy or not. But Paul teaches us a little later on, in whatsoever state I'm in, I've learned to be content. Over time, we've Learn that no matter what's going on in life, to be content in the Lord. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious. That is, it's not grievous. It's not burdensome for him to do this. But for you, it is safe. It's necessary that they know what he's trying to relay to them. 
It's necessary for us to glean from this message today, from these passages, what the Lord wants us to know. And that is to rejoice and have confidence in Jesus. Rejoice in the Lord, the Lord who saved you, the Lord who called you one day, the Lord who has his hedge of protection all around you, the Lord who touched you this morning and awakened you, the Lord who has protected your family, has raised your children with you, the Lord who gives you those precious memories of your long loved ones who are gone on now, but the Lord gives you those precious memories that you hold dear to your heart and in your mind and down in your soul. Rejoice in the Lord. Even though I'm in prison, church at Philippi, rejoice because I'm with you in spirit. Today is a day to rejoice, to be glad about it, that you have a blessed assurance in the Lord. It's not tedious, but for you it is safe, it is necessary. Beware of dogs. Wow, that's tough, isn't it? Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the mutilation. Beware of dogs. He's talking about the Judaizers. Those who were holding on to the law. Grace and mercy had came through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. These Jewish leaders were, they were still trying to make those Gentiles that were coming into the church now talk that a person had to adapt Jewish customs and practices, primarily the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, to be saved. The law was being put before Jesus Christ, before God's grace and mercy. Jesus came not to destroy the law, but fulfill it. The law had been fulfilled in Christ Jesus. John 1 and 17 teaches us, for the law was given through Moses. But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. You see, it was a a foreshadow of that what which was to come. And if we'll look over there in Hebrews, the eighth chapter, Hebrews, the eighth chapter, the sixth verse says, but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. Verse 7 reads, For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. And then if you would, in your own reading today, read those next verses verses 9 through 12, and I'm going to pick up here in verse 13, in that he says, a new covenant. 
He has made the first obsolete. He has made the first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. Obsolete, not in use anymore. The Old Testament was now passing away. Not in use anymore. It's obsolete. It was now not about the letter of the law, but the grace and truth and mercy in Jesus Christ. It was no longer about eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. Grace and mercy. These Judaizers, they had trouble letting this go. They were holding on to it. Remember, this is the early stages of the church of Jesus Christ. People didn't want to let go of the old and bring in the new of God Almighty, what God had sent. When God worked the earth, as God reincarnated in the body of Jesus Christ, the New Testament of grace and truth. And growing old is ready to vanish away. We go back there to Philippians, the third chapter. For we are the circumcision. Once again, they were holding on to the law the traditions, and the customs. But he said, we are the circumcision. We are the fulfilling of the law, the believers in Christ Jesus now. Romans 2 and 29 tells us circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. It was no longer about standing and praying long prayers to be seen by all. It was about the heart being circumcised. It was about them. It's about us today allowing the sword of the Spirit to cut away at our heart. Cut away those evil thoughts, the murders in our mind, the sin that is in our mind. It's in our hearts, allowing the word of God, that's sharper than any two-edged sword, to allow ourselves to lay upon the altar of God. I'm talking in spiritual senses now, and allow the sword of the Spirit to work on our hearts. Rejoice and have confidence in Jesus. We are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, knowing that God is spirit. And we have to worship him in spirit and in truth. Within the law, within the traditions and the custom, it was always the law. It was things that were concrete, the temple. 
the lady at the well going back and forth with Jesus in John the fourth chapter about where to worship. No, it's about who you worship. The Lord Jesus Christ. And he is looking for those who worship him in spirit and in truth. Jesus said, true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and, and truth. For the Father seeks such to worship him. The Lord is seeking in us today to worship him in spirit and in truth. That's what Paul was relaying to the people at the church of Philippi, to worship now in spirit and in truth. It wasn't just now, it wasn't about the letter of the law. It wasn't about where you worshiped that it. it had to be in the temple. No, the Lord was in your heart. Worship him in spirit and in truth. Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Once again, rejoice to have joy, that, that silent confidence, that blessed assurance in Christ Jesus. And that's the key right there, rejoice in Christ Jesus, to have, to possess, to have Jesus in you. All throughout you, to have God, to have Jesus in you. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Letting the Lord, letting the Holy Spirit overwhelm you and becoming a new creature in Christ Jesus, rejoice and have confidence, have trust, have obedience in Christ Jesus. And have no confidence in the flesh. Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence, have no trust in our flesh. There's no good thing in the flesh, Paul taught us. Everything about our flesh, if you let it loose, it's going to take you down the wrong path sooner or later. It leads us into self-righteousness. Paul said, though I might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Then he begins to list all the things why he had so much confidence in self and in his self-righteousness. Do any of us today have a lot of self-righteousness from misplaced confidence? Do we have misplaced confidence in our status, in the community, in our jobs, within our families? Being legalists, no longer Judaizers, but now we have legalists in today's time of the letter of the law. 
I know the Bible from the front and the back, but do you know Jesus and the power of his resurrection? Have you been made new by his Holy Spirit? Have you been redeemed? Have we repented of our sins, confessed our sins to the Lord, knowing that he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins? And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Have confidence in the flesh. I more so circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel. Of the tribe of Benjamin. A Hebrew of the Hebrews. He even knew what tribe he was from. Not everybody knew that. All the Jews didn't know that. That wasn't common practice. But he knew even from which tribe he was from, from the tribe of Benjamin, concerning the law, a Pharisee. He had sat at the feet of Gamaliel and learned. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, he had stood by and held the coats of those who had stoned Stephen to death. Concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. That's where that self-righteousness kicks in. Having confidence within self and not in Christ Jesus. And see, those who he were talking about, these Judaizers, who he was telling them to beware of, of these dogs. Because before the Jewish people had considered all, all of those outside of the Jewish faith the dogs. They were considered barbaric, pretty much low lives. And now Paul had turned the table. He said, beware of these dogs, these evil workers who are coming around where Paul had established the churches. They were coming in behind him. And they were teaching that the law was more important than the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. But they had an agenda. And the agenda was this, if you look there in the verse 19 of the third chapter. End of verse 18. And now tell you, even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. It's all about self, that self-agenda, self-promotion. For our citizenship is in heaven. Remember what we talked about in earlier uh, lessons there in the book of Philippians. We go back there in the first chapter. In the 27th verse. And Paul said, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. And we determined that that meant citizenship your lives as citizens of heaven. 
that it be worthy, that you walk worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ on this earth. In our everyday endeavors, walk worthy of Christ as already citizens of heaven. We go back here to Philippians, the third chapter. Which is in the law blameless. Verse 7, but what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. All the aforementioned things that he listed, the status, the wealth, the things in life, all that was so important to him, he now counted as loss, as nothing, as dung for Christ. I can remember a time when I was playing football and in college and, and getting ready to go into the professional ranks. Everything was about football. Everything was about me. And the Lord was giving me just a little light call to give my life to him, but I wasn't hearing him. It was all about the fame and the fortune. It was all right there before me, but I was putting the Lord on a back burner. Well, the Lord began to chasten me. Do not despise the chastening of the Lord. He began to let little injuries happen. Then before I know it, one serious injury, then another, and then I couldn't play anymore. He took it all away because I had misplaced confidence. My confidence was in me. I could, man, I could pick up almost 500 pounds. It was like 490, something like that, 475. Man, lay down on my back, pick it up. I could squat like 500 pounds, all of that good stuff, run fast. It was all about me. Had confidence in me. Going to make millions. The Lord said, I got another plan for you, son. I need to humble you. And before I knew it, like when the Lord struck Paul down, and Paul said, Lord, what will you have me to do? He brought me to that stage later on in life. And I just say that to say when we don't put our confidence in Jesus and we have misplaced confidence within ourselves. If you are a child of God, if you are a believer in Christ, he's going he's gonna to chasten you sooner or later. He will correct us. But rejoice and have confidence in Jesus. And in our conclusion, we'll go to Galatians. the fifth chapter. And what I see in this message today and what I see here in Philippians, the third chapter, and it's heading up to, to a climax here in the end of the third chapter. And I had to kind of calm myself down because I want to get over there to the part about pressing toward the goal for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. 
That's what I wanted to preach today. But being obedient, we're on this. And it's so much about rejoicing. The theme of rejoicing and having joy is mentioned over 16 times just in these four chapters. The book of Philippians, you can't sit down and read it and not come away with some rejoicing and joy in your heart. I was down the other day, and man, I got to reading that Philippians, this third chapter. I started getting pumped up and fired up <laughs> just about living, appreciating God's grace and mercy to allow me to be here in the land of the living. But here in Galatians, the fifth chapter, the first verse, all of these exhortations that, that Paul has given, the warnings about the Judaizers and the legalists of the law and different things, is leading up to all of us and for the church at Philippi to realize that they had liberty in Christ Jesus. He says here in the fifth chapter, the first verse, stand fast when in the writings in Galatians. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. I don't know about you, but I'm free today. I'm free of legalists who try to hold me to that law and that law. I'm free in Christ Jesus because I am his workmanship. We are his workmanship created unto good works. The good works come natural when you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. We are his workmanship, and it comes by his grace. For by his grace are we saved through faith, and that is not of yourselves. It's a gift. I don't know about you, but we need to embrace the gift from God. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Does everybody here today realize that in Christ Jesus, you're free? I'm free. You're free. You know, the Lord brought to my mind the, the Emancipation Proclamation concerning the slaves. And don't get all uneasy. Don't get all tense up. He's going into this black-white thing. That's part of my ministry is to break down the walls of uneasiness between us. The Emancipation Proclamation sent out in 1863. They didn't get word of that until about two years later down in Texas. The people were free and didn't know it. They hadn't got word yet. That's what I'm trying to get across today. Do you know that you're free? Have you gotten the good news of the gospel that you're free? Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You're free from the bondage of sin and the letter of the law. You're free in Christ Jesus. And don't go back to it. That letter of the law. 2 Peter 2 and 22 says, like the dog that returns to his vomit. 
or like that sow that has been washed and returns to the, to the mud puddle. We are clean through the word of God. We're free in Christ Jesus. And do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit, profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. You have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by law. You separate from Christ when you try to keep the letter of the law, when you try to justify yourself by the law. He says you have fallen from grace. We are justified by faith. Drop down to verse 6, for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. Faith working through love. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. At this time, as the praise team comes forward to lead us in a closing song, there may be someone here today who is in need of prayer. We have individuals who will be standing by, who will team up with you in prayer. The Lord's Supper is offered here today. And the Lord Jesus Christ said, do this in remembrance of me. So every time we partake of the, the cup and drink of the cup and partake of the bread, we do proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us bow our heads. Dear Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for this time together. Lord, I just ask that you bless each and every person that is here today. Bless our youth. Bless our marriages. Bless the ministry here. Just bless everybody one by one. Give us that blessed assurance to have confidence in you. Cause us to put our confidence in no man but to trust in you. Lord, we thank you. We give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.